What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that practiced this intro by watching Rod Roddy do intros on The Price is Right, it's a new car! I mean, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to be one of those. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. He is from Seventh Heaven and my magnificent seven co-host, Andrew Ormsby. I'm working it in there. And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And it's Joker Week, Andrew. It is Joker Week. You've been waiting for this. A little bit. This has been... (laughs) This has been, I feel like, did you say it was your most anticipated for the year? I can't remember. I know mine was Knives Out. That's still coming here in November. Was Joker mine? No. I'd have to go back and listen to that. And uh, when I say most anticipated, I mean below Avengers, Star... I mean, obviously Avengers, Star Wars are one, two, but... But I think we did... our show after Endgame came out, didn't we? Oh, we did anticipated for the year at the beginning of the year, I thought. And then we I went think, through every month, remember? Is, yeah. yeah, I think then technically um, it would have been... Endgame. I know what it was. It was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It was Godzilla, King yeah. of the Monsters was mo- most anticipated. Yeah, that's but right. But Joker, for the month of uh, October. October, was number one. Yeah, it's def- definitely up there. I'm excited to hear what you thought. Uh, if um, you have any thoughts on it, we'd love to hear it, too. This is kind of one of those movies where it's so in the pop culture consciousness um, I think I saw it was going to make about ninety million this weekend, uh, based oh, on the Friday. Up. Based on the Friday, I think it had made forty million by the end of yesterday. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Uh, it's going to break for an o- R-rated movie. <laughs> well, in for an October movie, like it's going to break a whole bunch of records. Uh, so yeah. a lot of people are seeing it. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of different opinions. Excited to get to ours. Uh, we're also going to talk about Walking Phoenix movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, do our best ever. He's done a few best ever challenge. Actually, less than I thought. This is a forty-ish or something. Like that, I thought it was less than that. Maybe I missed a couple, but um, I just went through his entire. You know, maybe IMDb. what it was. Maybe it was less than I've actually seen. He's done a lot of movies I haven't actually had time to see, which is interesting. So maybe I need to catch up on my Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Um, and then we've also, of course, got our buried treasure, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, so, but first, we like to kick it off with some. Uh, do we care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide: Do we care? 
or not. Number one, Jonah Hill, speaking of the Batman verse. Uh huh. Jonah Hill is joining Robert Pattinson's Batman film as the Riddler. Ooh. Yeah. There's um there's 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 a lot of Batman films. <laughs> and I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I think most people are. I, honestly, if you make good movies, I don't care how many you make and yeah. but you know, it's it's a little You know what's kind of nice about it is that DC is kind of figuring out they don't have to do the same thing Marvel's doing. It's they can, be a cinematic universe. Yeah, they can do their own thing. They can figure it out. And if something clicks, then you can make a cinematic universe. You know, you're still kind of building that, but yeah. don't don't force it. Don't rush it. Um yeah, this is this is fine. I, I mean, I'll never, I'll never, um, never forget Jim Carrey's Riddler. That'll always be stuck in my brain. Yeah. So somebody Thanks, else, Schumacher. Somebody else, give it a spin. You know? let's, let's yeah, let's get it done. I would. I think we talked about this a long time ago, so you may not remember, but I always was like, I would love Aaron Sorkin to write a Batman movie where Riddler was the villain. You know, just with his crazy mentality and how he, you know, writes stuff. I think that that would really lend itself, but yeah. Regardless, no, that I like that idea a lot. Jonah Hill as the Riddler is a very intriguing. The guy is good, and I think that this is a really cool uh, casting idea. Very nice. Number two, I like it. Can't wait to see the movie. We kind of talked about the MCU, so we're going to talk about it some more with Martin Scorsese. Oh yes, Have you Marty. Yeah, good old Marty. Marty says MCU films are not cinema, and they are more akin to theme parks because, in his words, they do not try to convey emotional, psychological experiences from one human being to another. Okay, so you kind of understand what he's saying, right? But yeah, but it he's definitely comes. Wrong. I, well, he is wrong, but I mean, it definitely it comes from a place of ignorance, and I think yeah. we all speak to things that we think we understand from a place of ignorance sometimes. So, lots of grace for Marty. Marty makes great movies. He's not interested in doing comic book movies. He sees something in them that a, a lot of people have seen that that they're more theme parks, or some people will say childish or adolescent. You know, those kind of words. Um, you, if if you don't think that these movies are conveying emotion from one human being to another, it's foolish. It, you're just you're just not watching them. Yeah, you, I, I, like I mean, I can't. I, you haven't seen Black Panther then. Yeah, you, you haven't seen. Uh, you know, Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah, like you just you're not. You're you're just not watching them. That's the only thing I can imagine, and that's you know I don't expect that. But it's kind of the old guard mentality to you know scoff at this new era. Because if you remember Spielberg, was it last year, or the year before, said he doesn't think that uh, streaming services should be nominated for any type of awards. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it's we all we are, we're all going to deal with it. You know, we're all going to have get off my lawn type stuff. You know, we I, we will. We just will. We'll think yeah. the way that we know it is the best way. Um, I think my personality type is a little more likely uh, to be open to change just just based on my personality type. But, you know, human nature, man, we just like things the way we know them. And it's, I don't know. I personally would love to see a Marty Scorsese uh, Marvel movie. I think that would be fun. Do some Marty Marvel. He'd be pretty good for a darker character like Moon Knight or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. but I, I don't know. He's for me, t- this isn't this this isn't one of those things I get up in arms about. It's just one of those things that somebody spoke from a little bit of a place of ignorance. Yeah, but then you also have people like um, <clears throat> who did the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Help me out here. 
Uh, put me on the spot, but it was James Gunn. James Gunn, yeah. Got there. Got there without Google, man. I appreciate it. Our brains aren't even designed anymore to get there without Google. I know. Do you remember when we were younger how you remembered every single one of your friends' phone numbers? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I still remember some of my friends' phone numbers, like f- from like thirty years ago. I, I do know? not. I have replaced all that information. But yeah, absolutely. I remember when you had to hold on to information. Yeah. And now our brains are are more trained to just be in the moment. Yeah. Uh, and have you heard of the the doorway effect? Mm-mm. So this is a scientific thing they've studied. When people walk through a doorway, they forget everything in their brain. Like, because the brain is uh, designed for a new environment to assess what's going on, you can, and this is why you'll walk into a room and forget why you walked in there, which happens to us all. You know, it's because your brain just lets information. So now with our devices and tabs and all that kind of stuff, they're all doorways in our brain. Mm. When we go into a new tab or open up our phone, have you ever opened up your phone to do something specific? And you don't remember. And immediately you don't remember what you were. All the time. That is how our brains have been trained. And so yeah. the doorway effect is killing us. And it's just, it's, it's wild, man. But I think we'll adapt. I think our brains will adapt eventually, yeah. but it's wild that's fascinating yeah i love that yeah. i don't know how we got down that rabbit hole but i love it <laughs> so number three number three the producers of the paddington films will be bringing us a pippy long franchise Ooh. little swedish girl with um, her monkey i i bring it on paddington producers yeah she looks a little bit like wendy from you know wendy's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that Wendy. That Wendy. Well, as soon as I said Wendy, I'm like, oh, yeah, Wendy from Wendy's. Dave's daughter. How's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Pippi Longstocking. I think, it, you know, Wendy looks more like Pippi Longstocking. Who was first, right? It's definitely Pippi, Pippi Longstocking. Really? Is I think it that definitely? was like the 1800s, wasn't See, it, when that book know. came out? Yeah, I don't know. I have so, no idea. Yeah. But I know. But uh, do you like Wendy's? Do you eat a Wendy's? All the time. I'm not a Wendy's guy. That's a shame. They have they'll occasion they occasionally used to have burgers that I liked, but I haven't seen the one I like in a Junior long time. Junior bacon cheeseburger? No, they had like a mushroom melt thing that they did Ew. for a while. It was mushroom. delicious. Well, that's probably why they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Taco Bell got rid of everything off their menu. You see that? Got rid of the double decker taco. Really? The grill stuff burrito. What? So they have like nine things on their menu now. This was like a huge thing. Wow. I know this isn't technically entertainment, <laughs> but number four, <laughs> Taco Bell got rid of everything. We're, we're on all sorts of rabbit trails today. I know. Uh, no, I love Taco Bell. I love I love their monthly stuff, but I I, I almost always order off the menu and talk or like outside the menu on Taco Bell anyway because they never have chili cheese burritos listed up there. But you can order a chili cheese burrito at most Taco Bell places. This was something in high school that. I I loved. I'd go get three chili cheese burritos, yeah. and that was my lunch, and it just disappeared. But I keep ordering them, and they keep making them for me. So I don't know how that works. But uh, they must use chili and other things. Then they I, must. I used to get the chili cheese a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm anyway, so maybe think. you can ask for those things and just see if they'll put one together for you. I don't I'm know. I'm trying to think of anything on Taco Bell's menu that has chili. 
Yeah. I can't think of anything. The really. chili cheese burrito. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Apparently. Yeah. The only problem is sometimes people don't know how to make it and they'll use the nacho cheese sauce instead of the cheddar cheese, mm. which is a totally different thing and I hate Ooh. it. Not cool. Son, I'll tell you. Once I went to Taco <laughs> actually a couple times. We, we are in we are in a, an interesting <laughs> mode today. We're in we? a spiral right now. I went to Taco Bell. It's this one Taco Bell I know not to go there anymore. But I always ask for the nacho cheese chalupa. Yeah. And they always give me just the sprinkled shredded cheese. And I'm like, I literally, I literally said, said nacho, nacho cheese. cheese chalupa. <laughs> and these fools can't put two and two Have together. Have you tried that uh, that cheddar chalupa, that, the thing they, where they've got the cheese baked into the chalupa now? or the? Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. There's some things that Taco Bell does. I'm like, okay, you, you're pushing it. Like when they had the chicken shell. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, the uh, naked chicken chalupa. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> We okay, love you, Taco Bell. Uh, fine. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. <laughs> We're never going to get... And this is such a big movie. People are on their That's on right. their devices right now. Stop, Stop talking, talking about, about Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. The, get the, to the movie. The chat is complaining about how hungry they are now. <laughs> oh, great. Apologies. We're just, it's just our way of trolling you. Yeah. We're using mass media to cause division <laughs> and outrage. Uh, let's do it. Let's talk about the Joker. Arthur. I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. Forever alone in a crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur wears two masks, the one he paints for his day job as a clown and the guise he projects in a futile attempt to feel like he's part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as the Joker. (laughs) <laughs> uh, all right, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. You got some De Niro in there as well, occasionally, uh, and uh, lots of lots Zaze of in- lots of interesting things going on. Uh, let's start off as we always do. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I think everybody knows where I'm going to land on this, so I want you to start. Everybody knows where you're going to land. Yeah. Everybody but your co-host, apparently. Okay. Um, I mean, I assume you liked it, but um, I think it was just okay. Really? I have a lot of problems with this movie. Interesting, um, but uh, but I, I I do recognize some of the technical uh, astonishment of what's going on here. So you're landing on it's just okay. Yeah, I'm landing on it's just okay, but it's a it's a it's more of a balanced. It's it's not a meh. It's just okay. It's a pros and cons balancing each other out. It's just okay. Nice. So and you. Instant classic slash masterpiece, top 100 films of all time. All right. I didn't ask that. Loved it would have sufficed, Andrew. That was that was the cl- that, say, those were the choices. I, love, I didn't give okay. classic masterpiece top one hundred of all time as a choice. I love Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes, it's not top one hundred. So love has well, let's say high side of loved it. This is how we do things around okay. here. Beyond loved it. Okay, very nice. Yes. Uh, well, then then glow, man. Just go and glow. Okay. Talk about how amazing this movie is. I love the fact that this is a superhero movie that is not a superhero movie. And by that, I mean 
yes, there are no superheroes in it, It's yeah, yeah. but it doesn't feel like a comic book movie, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, I, I thought that's the movie I was going... It was, felt much more like a comic book movie than I was ready for. Really? I mean, I don't think that detracts from the movie, but I was, I was actually kind of blown away by how comic book-y... A lot of this stuff is. Now, I but, feel, I mean, maybe you just can't escape it, but yeah. yeah. Um, I think the fact that uh, this movie is not afraid to uh, turn a mirror on society and show, yes, this is a period piece and it's kind of like a, uh, a look back at like the 70s of like New York and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's not really a modern movie, even though it looks like it takes place in a modern time, but the mentality of it all is so old. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it shows the way that we used to treat people or how we used to uh, put uh, social classes above one another, you know, it's talking about all of that and how all of that would lead potentially to someone going insane. And in this particular case, it could have been any. Uh, it could have just been he just went crazy. Well, but can, in this one, he happens to become the Joker. Well, but let, let me let me, and I'm not pushing back again on anything that, that want, makes this yeah. quality. I'm not. This is not a negative thing. I'm not trying to say a negative thing. I'm just questioning some of the thing. He doesn't go insane. He is insane. This movie takes very great pains to say from the very beginning that he has uh, mental issues. Yes. That he has. Um, problems that he's medicating and that and also where that comes from the movie details very clearly where his psychosis comes from so it it isn't that that it isn't a picture of a man slowly going insane it's a it's a picture of a man giving in to his already existing demons I'm going to push back on that because I this is just me personally I feel there's a difference between a mental illness and insanity Okay. I think that that's I have, fair. That's that's probably very fair, and I was probably insensitive yeah. to kind of combine the two. It's but, not insensitive. It okay. was just I have a mental illness, right? You know, um, I'm not insane, right? You know, I think that the mental illness was a stepping off point to uh, to that helped accumulate like all the things that were happening to him. You know, getting beat up, people ignoring him. So what do you him mean when like you that. say insane? Then I mean he because I think that word itself is kind of weighed down. Sure. My in this particular case, it's going to be him having no regard for himself or others, and him, you know, being fine with killing and harming people. You know, uh, because in his mind, all of that is justified by everything that's happened to him. Do you think he's making conscious decisions to do that, or do you think again that's part of his mental illness that is allowing him? Because I feel like more he is giving into his mental illness than he something is changing in him. I feel like the only thing that's changing in him is he's not taking his medication and he is embracing what makes him special, which are those mental illnesses that he has. I think that the mental illness is actually an afterthought. This is more a uh, look on what's how society and just the world has treated him. I think that is more detrimental and causing of what made him become the Joker than, say, his mental illness. His mental illness was a, uh, not a, I guess, not catalyst, but like, it was. It helped. It just agged everything yeah. on to I, him becoming insane. I find it, and this this is where I do move into some of my negatives. But I I do find it a little muddled and a little confusing as to he is like like why he is doing what he is doing, his ability to do what he is doing, and is the movie 
trying to say something about mental illness or is it trying to say something about society's treatment of mental illness? I think more that. And and if so, then how does that have to do with any conscious um, decision that he has under his own uh, purpose and motivation? Like, is if that's the case, we should absolutely 100% empathize with this character. No. If it's, if it's okay, well, that, I'm just saying, if yeah. that's the case, if the case is that this is society's view on mental illness and, and he's mentally ill and doing these things, we should have the empathy to say we need to help this person. So where is that where is that trigger, so to speak, in this for this character to become the Joker and make any kind of conscious decision to do so? Are you looking at this film and trying to find somebody to sympathize with? Because I don't think this movie has a good guy. I think every single person in this right. movie right. is a villain. Right. And I think that's kind of... But there's empathy Todd, in this movie. There's empathy in this movie, but I think what Todd Phillips is saying here, if you're coming at this from a comic book standpoint, is the Joker's world is chaos. There is nothing in it that is any beaming hope at all. Okay. I mean... We, in spoilers, I could talk about something towards the end of this movie that, you know, could lead towards potential hope or anything like that. But right. um, I think that this movie is just saying, you know what? This is a, a, a confined story that's all about chaos. Nothing uh, good or anybody good is going to be in this story. You're I, not going to relate. You're not going to empathize because, yes, something bad may happen to somebody, that, but that doesn't automatically make them your protagonist. Right. I mean, I, I mean, there are smaller characters that I empathize with for sure. There are Zazie Beetz character, there, there are, no, and, there are innocents, know. but there are no good guys. Sure, sure. Well, certainly protagonist-wise. Yes, this movie has an antagonist, not a protagonist. Basically. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's kind totally. of like there will be blood. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I totally get that. Uh, I guess my let, let's keep talking about the good stuff, but remind me to come back to the fact that I believe that this movie has irreparably changed the character of a joke, the Joker in a way that I don't think is really good for that character's ability to be the Joker. I'm thinking about a sequel and how how Todd already said no sequels. Well, I mean, he may have said that, but 90 million opening weekend will change the minds. I'm just telling you, we've <laughs> yeah. heard no sequels before. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm just remind me to get back to how the Joker sure. character has changed. But let's talk this, more about the good this stuff. This is something I know we have to agree on. This is probably Joaquin Phoenix's best performance, dude. I like, I mean, on a commitment level, I've seen very few things like it in my Speaking lifetime. There will be blood, Daniel Day Lewis. Right, sure, yeah. This Daniel, is on Daniel that Day level. Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis commits to a part. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Joaquin committed to this part, and the things he's doing with his vocalizations, the things he's doing with his body movement, with oh, his contorting. Man. So he lost. I read this morning. He 50 lost pounds. fifty-two pounds to do this you, role. You in can a few tell. Months, and he, he he looks emaciated. In yeah. Like, yeah. He lost a lot of muscle to do this role. Yeah. And um and I you know I, I hope he did it under great guidance and safe care I'm usually, sure. usually when Agnew, Christian Bale will talk about this he's like I have somebody who is telling me how to do this in the safest way so yeah. it doesn't impact my heart and doesn't hurt me and and I I'm, I'm hope that's the same for Joaquin but what he's doing here with the stifled laughter yeah. with uh, like I mean it's just with his laughing condition which yeah. oh man when you could see it just hurts him mm-hmm yeah. He's in physical pain as he's laughing yeah. at times. And it, I felt every, like every time he like kind of choked on his laugh, like I, I felt it in my own body. Like I was yeah. like, man, now I'm, I feel bad. <laughs> so yeah. It was, it was it's an incredible performance. His yeah. dancing. Really um, yeah. Everything. 
And I think his transition was so fluid. And maybe this is kind of going back towards where we are going to disagree on, you know, the story. But I think where he is at the beginning of this movie to where he ends up as the Joker, mm-hmm. I bought the entire way. I don't know yeah. about you. Did you? Well, as far as the transfer, I, well, like I mean, him go. Okay, you have to admit the person at the beginning of this movie is not the same person at the end of this movie. Correct. You have to admit that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. And I think that that transition is very well done in this yes. movie. Yes. And I would use the word transition as opposed to transformation. For me, just uh, there's because I, I again I feel like it's there's there's not a a conscious decision that's going on here. There's a release that's going on here. I think the movie is telling us that he is embracing what he has always been, um, and I think he even has some lines to that effect where it's like I have the you know I I finally understand what makes me special and you know uh, those kind of things so um, but yes it's definitely a different character at the end who is more free in his yeah uh, his illness he had a quote in this movie and it's not even a quote he said but it's a quote he had written down that is stuck with me for so long and it's the worst part about having a mental illness is people expect you to behave like you don't Mm -hmm. and I'm as somebody with a mentalist, that resonated so much with me. And I got to say this. Well, that's, as, that, that's that empathy I'm talking yeah, about. And this, I really have to say this, as somebody with a mental illness, this movie is not a depiction of everybody who has a mental illness is going to become a psychopath that wants to kill everybody. And I never felt that way during this movie. So I've read some people online are like, oh, this is kind of, you know, sympath or sympathy trying to make you sympathize with, you know, people with mental illnesses and how they can become crazy, you know, stuff like that. I I have a friend who deals with his own stuff that was really hurt by this movie. He really, yeah, he, he really did feel that way. And again, here, here's the thing. This is kind of what makes art beautiful, right? Like the ability to take our own perspective into it and and see different things. Um, Everybody's going to come out a little bit differently. Mental illness is not a a word you can just put in a box and it means the same thing for every person who experiences it, every person who deals with it. The true... I mean, the real truth of the matter is we all have levels of mental illness. It is a spectrum. We all deal with our own things. There are um, the idea that, you know, uh, one of my my good friends talks about therapy and is a real proponent that everybody could use therapy. We all have stuff that we could deal with. And and I agree with that. And so that's, you know, there it's. It's not even a matter of degree. It's just a matter of difference. It's a matter of change. It's a matter of healthy living. It's a matter of healthy thinking. It's a matter of chemicals. It's a matter, you know, like there's all these different things, right, that go into what mental illness is. And I think part of the issue with this movie is that it really wants to authentically deal with this character's mental illness. And in our culture, and with as much as that means, it's obviously going to be controversial i don't know that there's there's a way not to make it controversial if you're going to tie mental illness to the story this directly right and i'm not saying that's a i'm not even saying again that goes in the good category the bad category i'm saying it goes in the obvious category (laughs) like yeah you know I, i i do hear some people saying i don't get it why is the movie controversial i'm like 
I mean, dude, mental illness is one of those things that if you're going to try to, even in a movie like this that deals with a fictional character, if you're going to try to make it real and authentic, and boy, does this movie make his mental illness real and authentic. Like you said, it turns his laugh into a physical ailment and a physical part of his mental illness. And it gives him reasons for his mental illness, abuse and uh, in even physical damage, you know, that it talks about. If you're going to do that, you are putting yourself in a position to be controversial and it's just it's just going to happen i think that another thing that leads to this movie being controversial is the fact that the joker has always been this person but nobody has ever wanted to look at the joker and be like to humanize him you know he's always been you know uh evil incarnate and you don't want to think of evil incarnate as being human the joker is never anybody that you would associate with you know anything besides like a a famed serial killer or anything like that but this movie tries to turn him into a human which technically the joker is a human so todd phillips is really doing some interesting things here he's he's not afraid to show you a reality that's going to make you think Mm -hmm. and i think maybe a lot of people just don't want that from a comic book movie I do. I just, I think you also have to deal with what that means for this character then. And I think what that means for this character is that this character is somebody that needs help. And this character is somebody that is, uh, has been beaten down so much that they think the only way they can exist is to embrace their mental illness as opposed to, uh, take care of it. And that, I think that has ramifications on, the storytelling also the fact that um people don't like to be blamed and this movie blames society mm-hmm. so it's another thing that people are going to be up in arms about like todd phillips is saying the joker wasn't born he was made you know and you as society helped make him and then people are going to look at this movie and be like well wait a second i don't do any i didn't do anything you know and people are going to be uh you know taken aback by that and they're going to be defensive of it sure so but he's right i th- i really do believe todd phillips is right in this aspect of you can't just have a joker movie where he's his life is fine but he just becomes a joker i think that this is actually the safest way to tell a joker story a joker origin story because if you were to say that he had a happy life and everything was okay for him and he still became the Joker, I think that would be way more controversial. I really do. I think that would be so much more controversial than what they've had laid out here. Because this is kind of believable that society has just pushed a man to the breaking point. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about other great stuff. Uh, the sound design in this is incredible. Oh the score is amazing. Uh, the score this, is so good. Like I said, the technical aspects of this movie are mind-blowing. Um, the, the sound, the score, uh, the visual design uh, of this world is so incredible, so well shot. Cinematography is uh, out of this world. Yeah, Todd Phillips is, is making some incredible choices with how he's uh, shifting shots, doing different things. Um, he has captured... Uh, this performance in a really amazing way and again we talk often about when an actor has a bad performance about how 
all these people go into this. So, you know, you've got the writer who wrote the words. You've got the director who told him what to do, who took a bunch of takes. You've got the director who probably picked the take that he wanted that or she wanted that was the best. You've got the editor who messed with the timing and different stuff. And, of course, people are overseeing that, the cinematographer. A lot of people come into a performance. Yeah. That goes for great performances as well. Joaquin Phoenix is doing incredibly committed work here, but it jumps off the screen because of all those other talented people who are yeah. are, are doing that as well. And I just I, this movie, if nothing else, is a technical achievement. It's astounding astounding to watch i just thought it was gorgeous oh yeah i'm gonna be watching this movie so many times because it's a movie that i feel with every single viewing i'm gonna pick up on something because there's so much that's um unspoken or you know up to the audience's interpretation which we haven't even talked about that element of it of how much this movie you can interpret however you want or you can have conversations Do you mean about the actual reality of the movie yes nah, i don't I don't buy that. I don't pick up on that at all. I okay. think this movie has a very clear reality. Okay. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's a single portion of this movie that the movie doesn't make a statement about it being uh, real or, or fake. He is a totally unreliable narrator. Well, he's not the narrator. A the narrator camera's the narrator. As in this is his story. This story is about him. Everything, okay. He's there an unreliable are, person, so many... but he has, he has no, he's not in control of the story. Like, he's not yeah, in control of Some of, of the things we're seeing told. on screen are his projection and the movie lets us know that yeah sometimes i think that All there's the time. other times where the it's up to your are there examples you want to talk about in spoilers oh yeah okay cool yeah cool. i'm excited to talk about those because i i mean it could be obviously wrong um but i i thought this movie was very clearly gave you what was real and what was not okay uh throughout the movie uh i did i didn't walk away from it going "Ooh, i wonder if that part was real. Oh, me, 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 me. <laughs> and that's why I'm so excited to rewatch this movie so many times. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not excited to rewatch this movie. Uh, I, it, the only reason I would would be for the technical things. Um, but uh, this, the, and, and this is to the movie's credit ish, which is it is disorienting. Uh, it is very dark. Uh, it's very, very disturbing. Dark. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I, quote unquote enjoyed at really any moment um there is an artistry to that there's an artistry to making a crowd uh, an audience uncomfortable and this movie certainly does that um i think this movie is a strange comedy in a lot of ways the crowd i was with laughed a lot at very dark in horrible moments. Are you sure it wasn't uncomfortable after? I think it was. Okay. That's where I was getting. That's what I'm saying. There's there's this such uncomfort uh, that it's uncomfortable laughter. And Isn't that meta in a way, though, for this That's character? exactly where I was going. Okay. Yeah, that's that's part of an interesting meta part of this movie is yeah. what, what Todd Phillips is doing here is, you know, is saying, are we the Joker? Are we, you know, laughing when we don't want to laugh? Are we... You know, able to control things. Um, See, I think that's brilliant. What can can be brilliant, and also, I, um, brilliance can be. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not uh, pedantic. Um, brilliance can also be um, unproductive. It, brilliance can be uh, consequentially negative. And I, you know, I I'm not presuming to know the consequence of this movie on anybody's thought process or, or anything but um 
but there are arguments to be made that Hitler was brilliant. You know what I mean? Like brilliance. And I don't mean that to say this movie is Hitler. I'm just saying that there is, there is an argument to be made that, you know, something can be really well done, really smart and still not consequentially a, a benefit to the viewer. Are you saying this because you don't think the movie has a message? Uh, Cause I think that's intentional to, I, for the movie to not have a message. Oh, I, I, I thought the movie had a message. I just think it's muddled. I, I think there are several messages struggling to get out here. I, I really feel, and I said this uh, pretty much immediately, I feel like the technical achievement of this movie is hiding some really deep flaws uh, in this movie, both structurally, plot-wise, uh, some things that don't make really any sense uh, about choices this character makes, choices that other people make around this character are just ridiculous, um, and, as well as some flaws uh, thematically, which is the muddled messages that are just kind of bubbling underneath about mental illness, about society, those kind of things. It's it's almost like it, 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 it pretends to be a little more meaningful than it is um, because it can't make up of its mind what its own meaning is. So, yeah, I just I came away from it just a little discombobulated yeah i uh i'm definitely going to dis- disagree with you on that sure. but i think whenever we get to spoilers i can go into more detail and why. that does make it a little bit easier yeah uh, and we will certainly have a sif spoil that we will throw in your podcast feed mm-hmm. uh, as well on this movie as we talk about it a little bit more um anything else non-spoilery that you want to bring up no post-credit scene there is no post-credit scene <laughs> yeah in this movie um uh, the only thing I would bring up is, you know, what a waste of Mark Maron. <laughs> I don't think you can really waste Mark Maron. He's he's not like a George Clooney or anything like that where you have... I don't know. I just, I love him in Glow. I think he does great work. Yeah. Uh, I loved him in the show he did. Uh, and I remember, you know, seeing stills uh, leading up to this movie of, you know, him and De Niro and Joaquin mm-hmm. at a restaurant i think walking down the street there were just stills of of him and like none of that stuff's in the movie i just yeah. wonder like if they really cut the de niro uh Marin stuff uh, why do you cast mark Marin to say one line that's my question yeah you know what I mean? you know what i mean i think i think there was a whole subplot that got cut out <laughs> i will say though that for as little as he's on screen i think de niro is like going all out in this one i thought the was bad in this movie really i really oh, did i'm definitely gonna disagree with you on that i really and i think i'm in way in the minority on that i really do i think i'm way in the minority i he i reminds me so much of his king of comedy character just flipped yeah, on which, its end which yeah i yeah it, it almost seemed like he was like a bad version of his own character like there's a, there's a i don't know it, it was it felt very try hard to me Man. you know I don't. I don't know. That could have just been my perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I just. I didn't. I didn't buy the De Niro part in this movie. And part of that also was how how small it is. And part of it's are the decisions that character is making. Like, it made no sense. That character makes no sense in this movie. Maybe we need to wait till spoilers to talk about this yeah, a little further. Yeah. I'm confused that, as to what you mean by that character's choices serve one purpose, and that is to move the plot where they needed the plot to go. That that character's choices make no sense in a real you're world. You're going to have to, in spoilers, tell me what choices okay. you're talking about, because I, I honestly have no idea what you're just saying. I will. I will okay. absolutely do that. All right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to really talk about. So I mean, you wouldn't recommend this movie, or would you? I think I would recommend it to... Uh, you know what's the typical phrase a discerning viewer you know somebody who who wants to experience art interpret art uh you know have their own opinion about art um for the typical moviegoer 
Um, I think I just I think it depends on your comfort with being uncomfortable. You know, that's yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I this, found it very disturbing. This movie moved me watching it, but the way that it moved me was not fun. Phil, like, yeah. where uh, where did you land on this? Like it, love it, hate it, just okay. Um, I'm probably just a shade more towards like it than than Aaron. I I, okay. I I thought most of it was just okay, and then I liked certain parts of it um, quite a bit actually. But the, I don't know. I it was. Uh, so, like, the first question I got from one of my family members was, did you enjoy the movie? And I said, I don't think enjoy is the right term. Yeah, no. That's a no for one. me. That's yeah. an absolute know, no for that's, me. That's, that disagrees with you, Andrew. But, yeah. like, I like I just walked out of it just really depressed. And I um, felt like it was very well shot. But I just, I, I don't think I'll watch it again. Yeah. Just because it, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. So, and, and that's, and that is the point. But the point of the movie is to make, to make us but, uncomfortable, I think. So. But my question remains, to what purpose? Yeah. And I don't know that the movie ever states that clearly, and I don't know that the movie ever even understands its own purpose. I don't think that this movie is supposed to have a purpose. Well, then, that, then cool. Then why should I ever watch it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like then what is my purpose in watching it? Okay, your overall purpose, and this is, you know, really stretching the bounds here. Your overall purpose is to understand why the Joker is. If you are looking at if this is canon, which it's not, well, I guess we should, we should say that this movie is not canon in what, the Batman I mean, universe. It's I, that is such a, a weird thing for me to think about. I mean, it's canon in its own universe. There are several. It's not canon in the comic universe, obviously, but neither yeah. is the DCU. It's not canon in the like I don't know all the different universes. But yeah, I what but what you're saying then by that is you're giving the movie a purpose. You're you're That's t- what I'm saying, but it's a very broad and base you know like this is how the joker became this is how uh arthur became the joker okay that's information yes okay so it's informing your if you were ever curious i'm like oh i wonder how the joker became the joker you know Mm -hmm. this could be in your mind or you could look at the killing joke and like okay so that's how the joker became the joker but you know what else gives information wikipedia articles like you know write it up in a wikipedia article and i can go read the information like there's come on this has got to be so much more entertaining and well uh, that's a different purpose if the purpose is just information you can write it up in a wikipedia article but if it's also entertainment which it wasn't for me it was not entertaining it was astounding technically but it was not entertaining uh if the purpose is empathy or caring about these characters that's fine we can talk about that but if the purpose is just information then you know i can get that in a bunch of different ways so that's what i'm saying there's such a this this movie has such a, a muddled idea of purpose and consequence and you know what it wants to do um that i, I like i just i it's hard for me to see why the why of it all mm. so so yeah, I, I'm glad that I watched it just for the things that Andrew is saying. But I, I'm with you. I probably won't watch it again. So, anyways, so. yeah, it's 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 definitely a an experience, if nothing else. So, are you saying that? I know we're really dragging this on, but no, a movie this doesn't. Is the, this is the heart of the podcast right a now. A movie doesn't have to always make you leave comfortable. One of your favorite no, movies, no, of course Passion not. of the Christ. Right. You know, of course not. You don't leave that movie feeling comfortable. Not at all. And it's road, hard to watch again, yeah. The Road. You don't leave The Road feeling comfortable. Correct. Yeah. And this is kind of along those lines of a movie that is just 
supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Again, to what purpose, though? Why are you supposed to feel uncomfortable? The uncomfortability itself... If Why are you that's supposed to feel pers- uncomfortable in the road? What's the overall purpose of the road? Nihilism. The overall purpose of the road is to come out of that going, we're doomed. To come out of that going, humanity cannot figure this out. This is our eventuality. We're doomed. The overall purpose of Passion of the Christ is to understand that sacrifice, to the depth of the darkness of... You know, sacrificing your life for an untold, you know, uh, humanity, you know, look at the Joker as a cautionary tale of if you. Okay, this is what I want to know. So continue. Think of this as a cautionary tale. This could happen if, you know, we continue to have a society where on just say for a modern time social media, how every single tweet is somebody bashing somebody else or trying to tear somebody down, you know? This could be a, a, a metaphor for that. You know, it could be like, the way we treat people has consequences. That could be your overall message for this, or purpose for this Totally movie. agree. If it is, we have to deal with the consequences of what that means about this character and what that means about this being in this comic book universe, which the movie doesn't shy away from at all. And I think we have to wait to get into spoilers to talk about that consequence. Okay. But... Um, but yes, that's fine. I, I think that might have been one of the themes and purposes of this movie. I just think other things it does with the character and the comic book aspect overall, not necessarily contradict that totally, but give it a weird uh, paradox that is just, it, it makes the movie muddle itself. And I'm so interested by what you mean by all that, so whenever we get to spoilers, <laughs> actually, I think in spoilers, you're going to do most of the talking. It's just going to be like, what know. do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Um, I'm curious to go back and read the chat is hopping, man. Are they really? Yeah, the chat is hopping. Uh, I'm interested to go back and uh, and hear what a lot of people in the chat have to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and again, if nothing else, this is why I love doing what we do, right? I love having these discussions. So for me, part of the purpose of this movie is to be able to have these discussions and to talk about these things. That that serves for me. But for the typical moviegoer, they, you know, they're not looking to do a weekly, <laughs> you know, show <laughs> about movies. They're just wanting to go be entertained or see something interesting. So I think it does depend on you know who it is and and what they'll get out of it. So. Um, so, yeah. I do think that this movie is going to start spark all kinds of discussions, though. Like it's it's not one of those movies that people aren't going to have an opinion about. Sure, it's going to be something that's going to be talked about for a while. Yeah. So, well, nice. That was a nice, uh, nice big movie discussion. Yeah. You ready to to head on? Yeah. All right. Let's go into the best ever challenge now. We're going to do best ever Joaquin Phoenix movies since he absolutely slayed this. Minus the Joker, obviously. Uh, minus the Joker. That's correct. We don't usually slot in the one uh, that we're uh, doing here. I should say best ever Joaquin. Did I say performances or movies? Because it's movies. It's movies. Yes. Best ever Joaquin Phoenix movies. We'll go from number five to number one. Yes, we're sticking with the top five uh, and then do some uh, honorable mentions as well. Who would you like to start? I'll go first. Yeah. Walk the line. Yeah, that was in my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, great movie, great performance by Joaquin as Johnny. Uh, and then just how I think that he can really, we kind of talked about this before, how he just really immerses himself in this, in a role. And when you're watching this movie, you're like, oh, that's Johnny Cash. You know, you're not going like, oh, that's Joaquin Phoenix giving a really good Johnny Cash performance. Right. Because he just really commits to it. And a lot of this stuff, I didn't know about Johnny Cash. I just, you know, I thought the guy uh, walked the line, you know, or walked hard, according to Dewey Cox, <laughs> um, which we're going to be talking about John C. Riley later. Um, but, uh, and Reese Witherspoon nails it in this. I think this is just a great movie. 
Very good, very good call. Uh, my number five is Hotel Rwanda. Trump. All right, fair enough. What's your number four? The Master. Yeah, yeah, also my honorable mention. You're just going to take all my honorable mentions. Okay. <laughs> I think that besides the Joker, this is his best performance. He's great in The Master. Yeah. He's incredible. I didn't like The Master overall as a movie. I love it. But he's great in The Master. I'm a sucker for PTA, so I just got to get that out I, there. He's, he's mostly hit, but sometimes miss, and The Master was a miss for me. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, but no, him and Philip Seymour Hoffman just going off of each other. That scene where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is uh, doing the fast uh, answer, the lightning round, without uh, blinking to uh, answer those questions is so powerful and like so like the acting on that was turned up to 11. Yeah. Uh, you want my number four? I do. Gladiator? True. <laughs> All right, fair enough. What's your number three? This is where I had Hotel Rwanda. Okay, let's I'll talk let you about talk about it. <laughs> no, I, I, you have it higher. No, but I, you I'm, talk. This I'm the, the only one who's talked. I'm That's the... <laughs> fine. It's just happening that way. Go for it. This is a movie where it's not really Joaquin as the front seater. This yeah. is a Don Cheadle movie. It's kind of, yeah, it's exactly that is a little bit different in this movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> brutal movie. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is a brutal movie, but powerful. Yeah, I'm a, like you. I'm a sucker for uh, based on true story events, mm-hmm. and the fact that this movie for me informed me that this event had happened. I didn't know about you know this massacre that yeah. killed more people in 24 hours than uh, Hiroshima. It's crazy how closed off we are to tragedies in the rest of the world. It's true. Um, it, is, it is one of our greatest weaknesses as uh, humans in this country is yeah. we're so centered on America. America. That, uh, <laughs> that we are, we are compl- something like Hotel Rwanda can happen and we can be completely unaware of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. So that was my number three or four? That was your number three. Okay. So your number My number three is The Village. Okay. Honorable mention. There you go. Yay! I get to talk a little bit. Finally. Uh, I knew I'd have the the M. Night uh, Joaquin stuff up a a little higher than you. Uh, A little higher than most, actually. Most people, The Village is kind of where they let go of M. Night. Um, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people found the twist obvious and everything. I thought it was still a good movie. Well, and that's my thing. Like, a, a, a twist can be obvious, but still turn the story in an interesting way. Uh, this movie, I think I've talked about before how much it means to me personally. The idea of, and boy, I think it is even more potent today than it was when it came out uh, with our divided society and with the idea of just, you know, tribalism and getting into tribes and saying everybody outside our tribe is bad and the worst and and that kind of thing. Um, And there was a a lot of that in the religious community as I was growing up. The idea that anybody who wasn't a quote-unquote Christian like we knew to be a Christian um, was a bad person and you don't want to be uh, like that. And by the way, I say this every time and I'll repeat it here because I think it's important. That mindset did not come from my parents. It came from the people I was around at church and, and those different things. Uh, my parents were actually very different than that. Um, but it, it is one of those things where this movie was really like, yeah, we have to quit cordoning ourselves off as tribes and pretending like everybody else is an outsider. We have to find empathy and understanding with people who come from different places, different perspectives, different ideas. That's the only way we succeed as humans 
is to be able to do that. And I think that message is even more important today than it has been in the last couple of decades. So always important, but it's really important now. So yep. that's those are some of my, my thoughts on the village. Nice. You're going to trump my number two, so why don't you give me your number two? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have at number two? I already know. what You're going to trump her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what's your number two? My number two is another M. Night. Uh, I have signs. This at... was my number six. Okay, yeah. So I... close. Uh, I love Signs. Another M. Night movie I really, really dig. I uh, love this movie. I, I think this movie, more than a lot of his movies, uses the quote-unquote twist. And by the way, I've come to despise the word twist because it has all these psychological... Ram- yeah, all these psychological ramifications. Mm. Uh, I like now to just say story movements, story changes. Um, but anyways, the twist in this movie, uh, the story movements, the plot movements in this movie are so key to your understanding of the theme of this movie and and what it's about and what it means that they're euphoric to me. Uh, The first time I watched it, I I just, I was blown away by what the movie was saying and how it used those story movements to say it. Uh, And so, yeah, this is, this is high on my, my list. Aaron. Yeah. Swing away. (laughs) Thank you. I think I will. Uh, The soundtrack of this movie is amazing, too. I don't think that the soundtrack or the score for Signs gets enough credit. Yeah. Um, Something that I noticed, and I think I noticed it more so with Signs than I did, like, uh, Sixth Sense or even The Village. M. Night has a way of making performances look bland but mm-hmm. still believable yeah it's really weird like the lack of emotion that's given off by people in his movies is very telling and i know that sounds weird for a lack of emotion to be telling but <laughs> but i still somehow people like uh, uh phoenix or uh gibson you know mm-hmm. they can you know not much going on here but still you understand everything that that character's trying to convey m knight doesn't get enough credit for the performances that he he pulls out and what they mean to the tone of the movie yeah. because he he has a way with stillness in acting and pulling out of his actors that is really affecting and tension building and he does does really good work with it. Now, because it's so distinct, it's also something that can be um, almost made fun of at a point. You know, it almost becomes self-parody at a point uh, later on in his career. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. I really enjoy it. All right. So, so you're going to talk about number one, I'm guessing, is Gladiator for you. It is you. Gladiator. Yeah. Ooh, man. I think that, you ready for Gladiator too? <laughs> I cannot believe that is happening. But um, I think this is the first movie I remember seeing Joaquin Phoenix in. I think, I think so. I think that's probably true for me as well. Yeah. Um, but I just remember he was an amazing villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was so good as a villain. And uh, it's nothing like the Joker. The guy's got range, but he knows how to play a villain. I think up until this point, I kind of just knew him as River Phoenix's, Phoenix's brother. brother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. because I think before this, all of his uh, movies, he was a uh, Leaf Phoenix, mm-hmm. which I guess is his birth name. Could be. Um, but those uh, hippie parents, man. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Leaf River Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, uh, this is definitely. Even though he is the main villain, I think that this is definitely a Russell Crowe movie, and the uh, the cinematography and the CGI and how they just made the Coliseum feel so grand. I remember when I saw this movie for the first time in theaters, and it's the first time 
because before they go to actual Rome, you know, he's doing gladiatorial matches, you know, in like like Carthage and like other cities within Italy. Mm-hmm. But when they go to Rome and they actually walk into the Colosseum and just that the mass and scale of it was just so awe-inspiring. It was yeah. just it's a beautifully shot movie, beautiful story of redemption and revenge. I absolutely love Gladiator. Very nice. And you correctly guessed my number one. Yep. It is her! her. <clears throat> um, I, it blows my mind how accurate this movie is going to be about the future. And already is starting to become, you know, with digital assistance and, and those kind of things. Uh, it will, to people in the future, I feel like it... Documentary. They'll, <laughs> well, they'll, they'll, think, they'll think it must have been made more recently than it was. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing, not only in its vision of the future, but also in the story it's telling about our interaction with our technology and what it's teaching us about who we're becoming as we're attached to technology. Um, it's in some ways anticipatory of, uh, the singularity and a different kind of singularity than we've seen in other movies, which I find very interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really about being human, which is which is very interesting. This movie that is so beautifully technological is about what it means to be a human being. Scarlett Johansson was crazy good in this movie. And the fact that she dubbed this movie yeah. and it's still so believable is like out of this world. Yeah. She doesn't get enough credit for voice I'm, acting. I'm really, really proud of the Critics uh, Association, the BFCA. That nominated we her? We nominated her performance that year for Best Supporting Actress, even yeah. though she was never on the screen. Yeah. Uh, we nominated her for Best Supporting Actress, and I think it was well-deserved. Going back to the singularity, I think that a lot of movies uh, start off with the singularity as an already all-knowing entity right whereas this one starts off with a learning aspect to it you know and becoming that singularity right which you know it starts off with something that is in a lack of a better term i guess human Mm -hmm. i think that uh what's her character's name in this it was a i don't remember i'll just say scarlet you know sure yeah Uh, the way scarlet starts off is very human samantha 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 is very human in that aspect that she wants to learn she's curious but she's able to pick up on things so quickly that she eventually becomes you know a singularity with all the other ai do you think it's possible that Spike Jones uh, will look back on his movies in the future as one of the greats, like one of the great directors? I just I feel like he he does such incredible stuff. Adaptation is an incredible film. Um, not. It really is. I, I mean, it's that. it's mind blowingly good. Wait. Adaptation is that's Nicolas the tough, Cage. the puppet. Oh no! What what, what am Being I John thinking? Malkovich? No what? no no! The puppet movie he did where. Uh, the puppet movie where the wild things are no not where the wild things are i'm thinking of no i'm thinking of not i'm thinking of the other kaufman movie oh but charlie you're are you're thinking of uh anomalisa anomalisa yeah, yeah, yeah i hate yeah, yeah, that yeah. movie adaptation is brilliant yes right which, thank you i'm glad we're on the same page okay. i was like you see is he doesn't like adaptation adaptation which is and fine anom- that's okay here's, here's where i got confused adaptation and anomalisa are both charlie kaufman you know correct so yeah. and they both start with a and, and have they start several syllables yeah yes. i get it so that's where i got messed up but no adaptation is brilliant and i love it the fact that he wanted to adapt that book but he couldn't (laughs) find a way so he made a movie about making the the writing the script for the book it's so 
meta. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Being John Malkovich is another one of my favorites. I just I you know Spike Jones is going to be one of those guys. I think and then we'll look back and go, what a brain, man. It's yeah. kind of like how artists look back on MC Escher. You know, like Escher was just a weird guy that did weird paintings, and then you know we look back and we go, wow, that brain that did that stuff. <laughs> I don't you look know? back on. I'm not an Escher fan. But well, I don't want to go down can, that rabbit hole. You can hole. leave. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. Or Bach then. You know, Bach's music is like that. It's, there it's, you go. It's absolutely astonishing. Uh, so there you go. There are favorite uh, Joaquin Phoenix movies. Uh, I really, the only other one I had in my honorable mentions was To Die For. By the way, everybody, I was joking about Escher. I just wanted to start some controversy. <laughs> <laughs> On this podcast? I know. That's what I do, man. Get off my so, lawn. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Vigor and... Uh, Vigor and vinegar on this side of the table, remember? Yeah, that's right. That's no, no right. but Escher, the way he made things, like, so confusing, the way he uh-huh. moved with, like, objects and stuff. Yeah. I love him. I think Spike Jones is kind of the director version of M.C. Escher. I think Cronenberg is more along the lines of just twisted and, like, what is going on in that brain than... Because a lot of what... Uh, yeah, but there's a meta-ness Spike to Spike Jones is Escher more... That... He, was, for lack of a better term, adapts things. He's mm-hmm. not the one coming up with those ideas. You know, like where the wild things are is not a Spike Jones yeah. idea. Right. So. Yeah. But whatever, people. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but her is. Her is definitely, yeah. Okay. So honorable mentions. Yeah. The only other one I had was to die for. That was the only other one I mentioned. Okay. Um, I got two more then. Uh, Sisters Brothers. Speak. That was one I was talking about with John C. Riley. Right. I like that movie. It's really good. Yeah. And then a movie that... I remember being so powerful when I first saw it a long time ago. It was Ladder 49, the John Travolta firefighter movie. Did you ever see that one? No. Ooh, it's a brutal movie, man. But any movie that deals with, like, the lives of, like, and the tragedy of, like, being a firefighter. Kind of like a, a, what was that movie that came out with Josh Brolin? Uh, Only the Brave, you know, except, you know, this was in buildings instead of the woods. Yeah, I, I, I love uh, Only the Brave. As- yeah. That movie just keeps growing on me. Ladder 49 is a lot like that. Uh, It's Joaquin and John Travolta. John Travolta actually in one of his rare good roles. Um, And like, you know, how the the firefighters is actually like a family, you know, Mm -hmm. like the loss of one is like losing a brother, stuff like that, you know. I really like Ladder 49 and I recommend it. Very nice. Well, well done. Uh, Before we move on to our SIFT quest, your question for the week, uh, just a reminder uh, that if you want to be a member of SIFT Pop, there's lots of cool benefits to that. uh, And among them, just the fact that you're keeping this thing going. And we really appreciate it. Uh, In fact... I think we've got three new members to thank since, uh, since last week. It's kind of one of those things where <clears throat> I think people wanted to hear more about our uh, more about our TV uh, TV picks, right? You know what oh, we did last yeah. week. Uh, that's one of the the cool benefits to being a member of Sif Pop is we do an extra podcast every week, the short one. Uh, we just do a members only bonus podcast, and uh, you get to check that out. So. We've got actually three new members to thank this week. Uh, thank you Woo. to Matt, who is a new member at five bucks a month. So he'll get to do the monthly hangouts with us as well. And actually, all three of them are five bucks a month. Uh, Aiden, thank you so much for your membership. It means the world to us. And Jason, also becoming a SIF Pop member uh, at five dollars a month. There's different levels. Starts at three bucks a month and supports what goes on here. Makes this uh, something that we can do and, and have a good time doing. It is literally the reason we can do this on YouTube. Uh, the equipment 
equipment, the ability for, for us to do this is because of you amazing Sif Pop members. So thank you for that. And again, we will be doing a Sif Pop bonus podcast for you on uh, our favorite jokers uh, throughout pop culture media uh, in the bonus podcast. So thank you again for helping us out, keeping this thing going. All right, let's move on to our SIFT quest. This is the uh, question you get to us. You can email it to us. uh, Feedback at SIFTpop.com. Feedback at SIFTpop.com is uh, where you email those questions. Says, I know you've both worked on YouTube channels, so I was curious what your favorite YouTube channels are or what YouTube rabbit holes you've fallen into recently. Good Uh, question. Andrew, I'll let you you start. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, one of the oldest, and it's not technically a YouTube channel, but... I don't care. Rooster Teeth. I love, love Rooster Teeth. It's one of my favorite uh, creators out there from Red vs. Blue to Ruby to the Let's Play. I mean, those are just some of the funniest people out there. I got to give them a shout out. From, gosh, I can't even remember. Back whenever I had AOL was the main thing, you know. Yeah. And E-Bombs World was the thing before YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always go there and I would watch the newest Red vs. Blue love love rooster teeth and they're still around and they're still like the kings it's crazy yeah. that they've been around for so long i have horrible answers to this question i apologize ahead of time uh <laughs> because my interaction with youtube is I like cinema <laughs> <laughs> i do i do enjoy those uh i i my answers are indi- indicative of how i use youtube which is just as a diversion i'm not really invested in like uh, weekly content that somebody does or, or those kind of things. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch an occasional Jeremy John's movie review or Chris Stuckman, especially. I really like Chris Stuckman. I think he has very intelligent thoughts on, uh, on film. Um, you know, so I do like some of the YouTube reviewers, but for the most part, I'm watching stuff like the Marble Olympics, which, I love is, Marble Olympics. which is something my kids and, <laughs> got me into and it's Who's your favorite it's just Mine's indigo it's just the most ridiculous <laughs> thing but that what's weird is you do end up having favorites you yeah. end up rooting for these <laughs> stupid marbles yeah. that are just obeying the laws of physics that's yeah. all they're doing they've, they've got no personalities but you know it's presented really well it's a lot of fun and yeah they do, you know, just uh, different qualifying, and then they'll have the finals and the medal ceremony, and it's just, it's wild. So that's a rabbit hole I fall down to. The other one I've fallen down to uh, into recently is SkillCon videos. SkillCon is a, uh, like, a conference that takes place every year that emphasizes kind of the stranger uh, sports and competitions that people do. Um, that are organized, you know, kind of they're fringe, but they're organized. So it's just not like something weird. A Is couple it like people the invented competitive tag. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a SkillCon thing. So there's uh, which, by the way, the, that competitive tag parkour thing. Is insane. <laughs> uh, foot bag, you know, like hacky sack. Uh, oh. There's like professional, um, like it's almost like a volleyball. It's called net foot bag uh, kind of thing that happens. Um, they've got uh, speed cubing is is one thing they'll oh, yeah. do at those, uh, which is amazing. Uh, you've got combat juggling. Have you ever watched combat juggling? Where they try to knock the... Uh, yes. It looks... I Okay, I've seen like... Snippets of it, and I thought I looked like the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I have to be honest. I have to be honest. No, sorry. sure. No, sorry sure. for all our... Uh, I think if you watched more than just a snippet, though, yeah. I, th- I think you'd be impressed. It's pretty <laughs> okay. It's pretty intense what they're doing. Um, zone Ball, which I'm not sure what that is. Uh, they've got um, 
uh, lightsaber finals. Okay, I've, there are some lightsaber skilled people out there that are like otherworldly, like better than actual Star Wars like <laughs> choreographs things. Yep. So there's there's just all these different you know weird skills. Um, cornhole, I think they do <laughs> cornhole there. Uh, all sorts of stuff. So it's kind of like the Ocho, but you know, yeah, the Ocho. Uh, so I I just. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a rabbit hole I can fall into and just watch. I've always said it doesn't matter what the activity is. The people who've dedicated their life to being the best at it, I'm in. Like, you you will blow my mind. Um, so that's kind of what SkillCon is about. Are Cotton and uh, Pepper the uh, announcers? That's <laughs> I all I care about. I wish. Jason Bateman's kind of busy nowadays. That so. would be amazing. So those are my answers. I know they're not, you know, I know everybody has their favorite YouTubers and yeah. that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I'm more of a rabbit hole kind of guy. Uh, two more I'm going to give a shout out to. Sure. Um, Corridor is a channel that I'm falling down a rabbit hole, I guess you could say, with a VFX artist and stuntmen react. Have you seen these videos? Yes. They're fascinating. Yeah, right? that is a rabbit hole I've fallen into, too, uh, is like the um, the language expert who yeah. rates, you know, uh, accents. Yeah. That kind of stuff, I do enjoy that. Or, yeah. or actually, Pin Gillette has done some stuff recently Has's about right? magic in movies. And like Ooh. and rating, you know, the magic in the movies and that kind of stuff, I thought was really interesting. I got to see that one because yeah. you know me, I love my Pendulette. Yeah, he's the best. But um, another one I'm going to give a shout out to a big rabbit hole I fell down is a series called Super Easy, Barely an Inconvenience. What this is hmm. is it is the it's a mockery pitch meeting for bad movies. Okay, like uh, a one example is like a. Uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, you know okay. how it's the uh, the the scriptwriter going in to pitch to the producers like, so you have a new movie for me? Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> and they just list everything up that's going to happen in the movie, and <laughs> and they break it down like, well, why would he do that? Because reasons. Okay, <laughs> and they just he just nails every single movie, and he just takes them to town. And it's so. I've seen a couple of those. It's not unlike CinemaSins. Where yeah, it sounds very similar. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a. It's a different format. It's a different format, and the fact that he's like, oh, so that's well, why they know, did the movie. Honest trailers. Honest trailers is the same yeah. kind of thing as yeah. well, right? There's kind of three different versions of yeah. kind of the same fun fun stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, and very nice. Oral Knots is the funniest YouTube channel of all time. I'm just giving them a quick shout out. Uh, huge shout out to uh, Jeff, who just became uh, a member. Live during Whoa. the show. <laughs> yeah, you That's thought, how it works right there. Jeff, you thought you were going to have to wait till next week. No, sir. <laughs> you get your shout out right now. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, I really, really do appreciate that. Your name is Jeff. Uh, uh, so there you go. Those are our thoughts on YouTube. Uh, we thank you for the question. If you want to get your SIFT quest in again, the email is feedback at SIFTpop.com. All right, let's finish it out with our buried treasure, Andrew. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I think Phil's more excited about this than I am. <laughs> so uh, it was either last week or a couple weeks ago I plugged a comic book. Yeah. I'm doing it again. All right. This is Avengers versus X-Men. And... Yeah, it's crazy, crazy good. The basic premise of this is the Phoenix Force is returning to Earth, and the Avengers find out about it, and so do the X-Men, but they both have different goals for how they want to handle it. So before the Phoenix Force actually arrives on Earth, you have these two opposing forces 
battling each other for what they think needs to be done in order to take care of the Phoenix Force. The two uh, main uh, protagonists in this are Cyclops and Captain America. And their ideological, like, uh, theories and stuff... It kind of reminds me of Civil War and the fact that there is no bad guy. They're both right from where they're coming from. You understand both of them. And, Phil, I'm going to hand it off to you because I know you love this so very, very much. I, I've been saying for years that if Disney ever bought the X-Men, this, Fox, is, the this to, is what you want them to this do. This is what I want them Actually, to do. Actually, I think that this would be the best way to introduce the X-Men. Yes. Does it, but it deals with the Phoenix Force? Yes. Do you does. think people will the be tired of that? No, because uh, they're gonna if they do it, then they better do it right. Here's why they why they wouldn't be tired of this one is Jean Grey is nowhere in the picture in this story. Okay, it, so, it is not a Jean Grey story. Yeah, Jean so Grey's it's, dead. it's about the actual Phoenix Force. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. Jean Grey's dead. I gotta tell you, I am fascinated to see how they introduce the X-Men into the MCU. This would be a I, great way to do it. Because technically <clears throat> Scarlet Witch could bring them in because but i don't understand i here's my thing i don't understand how you introduce the x-men as a fully formed thing into the mcu i think mm-hmm. you have to introduce it as a new evolution i don't i don't understand how they would you know what i'm saying like it's just to, like it oh these be, guys have always have yeah. existed They've for 20 years <laughs> i think it's gonna have to be done with about i think it's gonna have to be done with doctor strange and the doctor strange movie because if scarlet yeah, Witch you've is talked about be, that before you've talked about an alternate uh, dimension or and something. And then, like, the combining of those yeah. dimensions. You've talked... I don't really like... That feels like too much of a cheat to me. I'd almost... I, but I but I would, obviously, go along with it, but... Yeah. The, the, pre- the main premise of this, this is not a spoiler for the series. If you're going to yeah. plan on reading it, this happens in the first issue, but um, basically, the Phoenix comes, and it's headed for one person who's actually named Hope. Uh, and Hope it, Summers. Yeah, and instead of hitting Hope, it hits five people at once. Yeah. So they become the Phoenix Five, and those people are uh, Cyclops, Namor, Magic, which hasn't been in any of the movies. Namor yeah. hasn't either. Uh, Emma Frost and um, Colossus. Colossus. So basically, they all take like twenty percent of the Phoenix Force, and they're all still super powerful. Yeah. And then um, it becomes kind of them versus the Avengers, and the X Men kind of split sides a little bit. It's fantastic. It's a great story. It's so right. good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't I'm think interested. that was the first issue, was it? Oh, I guess not. I, yeah. I, it's been a while since I've read it. Yeah, but. that's like that's like the midway. midway. Yeah. Everything before that is like the Phoenix Force on its way to Earth. And there's like this huge battle with, you know, the X-Men. And uh, because everything up until that point is like everybody's mad at Scarlet Witch because Scarlet Witch got rid of all the mutants. Yeah. Because with her powers, like, in, okay, I got to say this. House in the down. comic books, Scarlet Witch is so powerful compared to how powerful she is in the MCU. Yeah. Like, well, she's she pretty powerful in the MCU. I know, but, but that should tell you something about right. how powerful she is. And, right. You know, on, on an episode where we were talking about uh, mental illness, insanity, she literally goes insane. Yeah, and gets and, rid of all the mutants. And, yeah, annihilates basically every mutant. I mean, they lose their powers. With three does, words, so. she just says, no more mutants. And so th- this story is really about getting mutants back, like getting yeah. their powers back to them, because the Phoenix has the, be- the ability to do that. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, and this is, I'm not going to say who it is, because it's a major spoiler, but at the end, there's a, a big time death. like Shocking uh, like, death. Well, a big character in the Marvel Universe dies. Yeah. So definitely, re- definitely read it if you're interested at all. Fascinating. Yeah. I am super, super curious. You know, I, I, I've said before, I think, I, I like superpowers. They're cool. It's cool to think of different types of superpowers, and it's one of the reasons yeah. I, I'm drawn to the X-Men. 
because of all the different variations. Mm -hmm. But honestly, what I've loved most about the Marvel thing is the soap opera kind of effect of it, is the idea that they're telling such a large story that's interconnected. Yeah, Scorsese. That's... No, I think I think a lot of times I didn't even mean it as a reference back to that, but but a lot of times people do kind of see it as oh, superpowers doing superpowered stuff, and it's yeah. like I'm bored of that. It's like, yeah, but it's not just that. Especially with the MCU, it's it really is about they have created a serialized soap opera because that's what comic books have done for so long, and that's that is the beauty of understanding the right way to I say the right way, a great way to take comics to the big screen is to pattern that kind of serialization soap opera effect to the big screen instead of just telling independent stories. Yeah. So Robert Kirkman, the author of The Walking Dead, has always said that it is not about the zombies. That show is not about the undead. It's right. It's about these people. Right. Yes. The, soap the opera. Walking Dead are the people who survived. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. You ready for mine? Yes. I finally got around to seeing Fighting with My Family, and I don't think I've talked about that here. I'm excited. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, Nick Frost, and it's the true story of a Help me out here. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, uh, Page? Page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fun yeah. movie. I, it, it really is. It's really good. Um, Nick Frost and uh, Lena... Lena Dunham? Uh, or, not Dunham. Hedy, Hedy, Hedy. Uh, are the parents, which is <laughs> amazing. On, and Florence Andrew. Pugh, man. What a year she's having. It's it's incredible to think this is the same person from Midsommar. Uh, you know, she's just she's a great actress and she's doing good work here. Um, I thought that the WWE did a great job of letting the story kind of be the driving factor and just have them be on, you know, kind of the foundation or the periphery of it. Yeah. I think that's the best I, the best thing they can do. Um, and it, The Rock. <laughs> and The Rock is in there as The Rock, yeah. uh, as are several other uh, famous uh, WWE. Um, it was good enough and emotional enough and interesting enough that I did some, you know, digging afterwards to see how much it was like. Because true stories, I always do that. I always yeah. kind of go and see where they differed. And they differed in quite a quite a few spots. Specifically, that final match is very different uh, in the movie for character reasons uh, than it is, obviously, in the real WWE. That was an easy one. I could just go watch the match on YouTube yeah. and, and see it. Um, but overall, the, the, those choices that the movie makes to change from reality serve the message and the story well. It is a little bit paint by numbers. It's a little bit on the nose, but it works. It kind of reminded me it remind you know it really reminded me of like Disney sports movies that are based on oh, true like stories miracle. like miracle Man, or the million dollar movie. arm. Million dollar arms yeah. another really good one. Um, where it's like, you know, they've changed some stuff and it's, you can tell it's the same formula they always do with their sports movies, but it works yeah, and it's good. And that's kind of how I felt uh, about fighting with your family. So, or fighting with my family. I like that you like this movie. And I was curious because I grew up watching wrestling and stuff. It's always been a part of my life. It's not right. so much anymore, but I don't think it's ever really been a big part of your life. No. Has it? So I no, was I've curious. had friends who are really into it, but yeah. I've never been But I, into I was it. curious about people who weren't. A part of that and world. And of course, at my age, if you weren't into Hulk Hogan, like you just you weren't. Yeah, you a weren't kid my age. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the same way with me. You know, if it was Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk right. Hogan, and uh, yeah, but that's that's really my only extent. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's just a it's a great, well told emotional story. Yeah. You know, and has has some really good things to say. So so yeah, so fighting with my family is my bird treasure. Noise. We did it, man. Woo. Yeah. We we destroyed society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By doing a podcast. Yeah. We are trolls. Do you want to know how I got this podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming hanging out again. Thank you, buddy. Talking Joker. Uh, Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing both the audio and video part of this show. Uh, If you want to see the video part, you can see that at YouTube. If you want to hear the audio part, uh, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast player. It's true. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members again for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. That support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, comes with some fun stuff, including access to every bonus episode uh, that we record, as well as a monthly video hangout. You can find out more information at Patreon, patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment, rate, leave a review, throw some stars at us on Apple Podcasts. We'll appreciate it. Uh, you can also email us your questions or feedback at feedback at sifpop.com and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than unlocking some doors uh we will be back with some (laughs) spoilers some spoilers i try to make it just vague enough yeah uh, we, we will be back with some spoilers uh, in the feed. So if you want uh, spoilers on Joker, we'll we'll be getting into those. And then next week, we'll talk about Gemini Man. Woo! We'll see you then. Bye. <laughs>